Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, we in, in um, February, we've been uh, looking at love and relationships. We're going to continue that today. We're going to be talking about four pillars of great relationships, four pillars, four foundational uh, trusts that you and I must develop to have relationships that are beyond normal. And of course, the, you know, the number one relationship starts with having a relationship with the Lord, having a relationship with God. How many's glad you can always count on God? How many's glad that you and I, no matter what situation arises in our life, that, that you and I have the opportunity to trust God with all of our heart? And um, we're going to start today, if you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and this is considered the love chapter in the, um, in the Bible, teaches us about what love is, and Paul is relating to us by the Spirit of God what love looks like, and of course he starts, I'm not going to read it all because of time's sake this morning, but he basically starts and um, um, tells us what love is, uh, and, and, and verse 2 says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, you know, speaking, quoting what Jesus said, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. He talks about the power of operating in faith, but if you don't have faith bathed in love, it's not going to produce what God wants. And, and then he says, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I don't have love, I, I profits me nothing. Then he, then he begins, goes into what love is. And I'm going to go over to the Amplified on that. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. How many ever not been patient besides Pastor Pat? And it says, love, God's love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. does not display itself haughtily. He's telling us what love is and what love is not. And in verse 5 he said, it's not conceited, it's not arrogant or inflated with pride. Uh, I've been there, done that, had to repent. And it's not rude, it's not unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Uh, God's love, His love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it's not self-seeking, it's not touchy. I found out that when I get touchy, I don't operate in love. When I get fretful, I don't operate in love. When I get easily offended, how many knows it's how many knows there's going to be something to try to get you and me offended this week? Offended at each other, and the highest offense is to question the love of God. The highest offense the enemy wants us to bite into is to question: Well, if God really loved you, you wouldn't be going through this, or so and so wouldn't have passed, or this or that and the other. The highest thing he wants us to do is to doubt the love of God, and that's why the Bible teaches us that we can go back to. Re-releasing the love of God on the inside of us. It's not conceited. It's not arrogant. It's not inflated with pride. It's not rude. 
unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it's not self-seeking, it's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of an evil done to it, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Verse 6 says, It does not rejoice at injustices and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. In other words, it doesn't rejoice when somebody gets into a mess and trouble bound by sin. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Boy, that's huge. God's love will help you bear up, you and me, under anything. And is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Mm. Ever ready to believe the best of, in every person. Its hopes are fatalist under all circumstances. It endures everything without weakening. In other words, we can live our life and not live basically from strength to strength and weakness in, in the middle, but we can find how to call upon the love of God and the strength of God to help us move forward. And love never fails, verse 8, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting divine will and purpose of God, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will not lose its value and be suspended or superseded by truth. For our knowledge in its fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect part, and our prophecy, our teaching is fragment, fragmentary, it's incomplete, it's imperfect. For when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and the perfect will vanish away, become anquinated, antiquinated, void, and superseded. Paul said, when I was little, as a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I responded like a child. Now that I've become a man, I'm done away with childish things and ways and put them aside. For now we're looking in a mirror that gives us only a dim or blurred reflection, talking about this life, of the reality as in a riddle or an enigma. But then when perfection comes, we shall see in reality and be face to face. And now I know in part and perfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully, talking about the day of the fullness of seeing God, and clearly, even in the same manner, I've been fully and clearly known and understood by God. And then the last verse. So now, faith, hope, and love. They abide. Faith, God's conviction and belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. Hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. How many glad we're going to go to heaven one day? How many glad we can have some heaven on earth? And love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for, for and in us. And of these three, the greatest is love. I read all that, and that's kind of a long opening text there, but I read all that to help us understand that only through the Lord Jesus Christ can we operate in this love. Only through knowing Him and releasing what comes through Him can we know this love that and this thing, guys, we're working on this. Again, how many besides Pastor Pat in the last week has been fretful or, or touchy about something? Impatient. I want to tell you it's part of the journey. None of us are perfect. But the, the clue is here to me and the understanding is 
This, no matter what comes in our life, and sometimes it comes expectedly, and sometimes it comes unexpectedly. No matter what comes in our life, we can reset every morning with new mercy and reset in the love of God every morning to start this day. And uh, <clears throat> you and I are never going to go any further than the intimate relationships we have in our life. We're never going to get beyond that because iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, so the countenance of a friend. Basically, whoever we cons consistently do life together with in an intimate way, spending time with them, growing with them, learning of them, living life together, whoever we hang around and they hang around us, basically, we're going to start reacting more like each other. And that's why we want to hang around people that can help us go to the next level. We never want to forget where we've come from. There's a reason for a rearview mirror. We want to see from where we've been to where we're going out the windshield. But we always want to look in our rearview mirror to some degree to see if there's anything back there that we need to go back and fix. How many's ever passed a situation before you could think Look in the rearview mirror, and some older lady's had a flat tire, and you turn around and go back. How many ever went back to pick up somebody you felt in your heart wasn't going to try to hijack you, but you were going to help them? Or how many's passed something, and, and the Spirit of God would say to you, turn back and go fetch, fetch, fetch that, get that, do that. But you and I both know that we can't keep looking in the rearview mirror 90% of the time because we're going to run into stuff. But it's there for a purpose. Now, God didn't want to get us to you know, focus more on our past and our future. And we know we put our hands to the plow. And we know once we start something, we're going to continue. But this life, I'm telling you, this life is based on the power of relationship, who we have with the Lord Jesus. How many's glad he loves us today un uh, unconventionally? How many's glad today it's not based on how good you were yesterday? Or how many good things you've done? How many know it's based on what he did at the cross? And we accept that, Amen. How many of us, grace through faith, were saved alone? Not of works, lest we could boast. Amen? So, praise God, it's a relationship built from the Father through the Son to us. And it, it's a wonderful thing to have a relationship with the Lord. And it, it continually grows as we learn of Him and grow in Him and so forth. But the relationships we pick up in life, you know, we're going to be highly affected by the family we're born into. Highly affected. And if, you, if you're born into a Christian family, you have a, you, you have a um, kind of a head start in some ways you you it's just uh, the truth is you know I got saved at seven but the truth is I fell in love with my mom and dad's God and my mother was highly influential in my life because it she just wasn't a Sunday Christian it was all week long and she studied the Bible and she conveyed that to me and my brother for my sister came along and when she came along, she did the same thing with her. There wasn't a choice on Sunday if we went to church. There wasn't going to be any bargaining. Was there any bartering? I mean, snot could be rolling out of you. Looks like a cotton candy went on steroids. She'd pray over you and wipe the snot and drag you right to church. Anybody can say amen here? Uh, you could claim to have the headache. It's amazing the headache always came. Um, Logan, my brother, who was a cousin, uh, when he was little, he'd have the headache on Sunday. But just as soon as Aunt Ruth crossed the creek, the headache miraculously left every Sunday. Anyway, um, but he got, anyway, we all got healed. How many say amen? If you wasn't born in a Christian family, don't mean you're not going to be able to catch up, but it's just, it's just being in a family that loves God, being in a family that wants to fulfill the kingdom purposes, being in a family 
that wants to grow together. And guys, the church is mobile. It's got wheels. This is a building we're thankful for. God's blessed us with it. We've got other buildings, other churches around the state. But this is a building. We respect it. You know, we come together. We feed together. We, we worship together. We, we do weddings and funerals and small groups and uh, all kinds of expressions of love through this building. But you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the church with feet on it. Wheels. And I'm telling you, relationships, they have to be nurtured. They have to be protected. They have to be watered. Um, there, there's a, we're called to being led by the Spirit of God. We're called being led by the unction of God. But some of this stuff is just, it, it's, it's silical. It's just, how many here is a mother or a father? How many here has ever got up to do something in the middle of the night for your kid and you did it because, one, you loved them, but you did it because you, you're trying to get them to shut up? Or you get it to change a diaper or to feed them. It's silical. You're, you're gonna, it cycles. We're going to do that. Then they grow up into teenagers. You think you got this thing figured out. You think you got them in the car seat for, I don't know, till there's so many pounds. And you think they just depend on you for everything. And they just sit there and snap their eyes and look at you. And their little hand goes out, you know, like that little, you know, that little monkey grinder. Anyway, but anyway. And it's, you know, a quarter here, a quarter there, a dollar bill once in a while, and then a five. Then they hit teenagers, and they want double digits on the paper. How many say amen? And I mean, and they deserve that. But then they start thinking on their own. And then they start, you start seeing yourself in them and going, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, no, not that. <laughs> and then you start seeing the potential in them. But then again, we're talking about love today. And love's not going to give up on somebody or, or focus on the wrong all the time or it's not going to be fretful or touchy. And, and there's going to be things that we can build on that and, and our relationship with God and our relationship with family and friends. So, you know, you didn't have a choice what family you were physically born into. God knew you were coming. You were, if, you, if, if you was ever told by your parents or, or somebody that you were surprised we wasn't expecting you, they might not have been expecting you but God was. So you don't get a free pass. You don't get to say, well, nobody knew I was coming, so I'm going to kind of live my own life. No, no. And the power of relationships, the Bible says a brother is born for a day of adversity. Proverbs 17, 17 and Proverbs 18, 24 talks about a brother is born or a sister is born for times of trouble. Uh, they can be closer than a physical family brother, all that stuff. And, and understanding the power of building strong relationships and we understand what God has done through Jesus, I just wanted to go over a couple things this morning and uh, whatever we don't finish, we'll, we'll work on next week. But, you know, we found out that faith, hope, and love, and love is the greatest. I want us to look at one more scripture this morning. Turn to Colossians with me. Colossians. Chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, and let's look at, um, let's start in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. How many here is glad that, that God considers us his friend, not only his son and daughter, but his, his friend? And look what it says here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Here's what he tells us to do. Put on tender mercies. Put them on. We, we got to 
we got to put on the new man. Put on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Let me stop here right now. How many has a problem with somebody, and we've all probably been there sometime in our life, but how many has a problem with somebody that's just arrogant, just always wants to tell you how good they are and smart they are and how big their pickup is? Anybody have trouble with arrogance? Well, the Bible says that how we deal with arrogance is release humility. And, you know, usually people that if, we're, if I'm being very arrogant about something, it really is pushing down the insecurity I have about myself. I'm really insecure about myself. So I got to tell you ahead of time how much to love me. And I got to tell you ahead of time how good I am. And I got you know, to front load this thing because down deep I really don't know who I am in Christ and I'm really not happy with myself and I really don't think I'm mounting nothing. And all those are lies from the devil. How many say amen? I mean, you're adopted and elected into the family of God. You're highly favored. You're the head and not the tail. I'm telling you, you're caused to triumph in all things through Christ Jesus. God's got a great plan for your life. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. He wants you to move forward in life. God does with his hand in yours. But the devil has a plan too. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I'll come and you might have life and have it more abundantly. How do we walk in abundant life? Through faith and love. Faith and love. We can have all the faith in the world to move any problem or situation in our life, but if I don't operate in God's love through myself, it's not going to work. That's why so many people that don't know the Lord in a personal relationship, they have a lot of things and stuff, but they're not happy. We'll never be happy or fulfilled until we walk in the fullness of who God is in our life. How many say amen? And look what it says here as we continue reading. And it says, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, verse 13. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do, verse 14. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection or unity. Let the peace of God, verse 15, rule in your hearts. So love's now tied to peace. Isn't that amazing? Understanding the love of God in my life. He's, he loves me because he first loved me. While I was yet a sinner, he loved me. Not based on anything I, you or I could do, but based on what he wanted to do in our life. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called into one body. And be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. In the psalms and the hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wow. So this thing tells us that this thing is achievable, that we can do this. And I'm not going to get any further today, but the first, period, the first pillar or foundation that has to be continually nurtured is the pillar of love. We gotta we gotta work on our we gotta work on our love walk. Work on our love walk. And that simply starts with knowing how much he loves us, how much he has paid for us, how much he has a great I'm telling you, eyes not seen, ears not heard, the thoughts that God has toward us. I'm telling you, how many here love him with all your heart this morning? I'm telling you, we can't fathom how much he loves us and he continually tells us 
that the greatest of all these, which includes our marriage, which includes our walk with our family and friends, which includes our walk in the workforce and school, the greatest of these is love. And one of the greatest pillars of love, one of the greatest attractions of love, when I know I'm loved by someone, when I know I'm cherished by someone, I know there's safety there and I know there's security. I know there's safety there and I know there's security. I know I'm going to be secured for. I know there's there's going to be safety in this relationship. I don't have to put up my shield. I know they're going to love me whatever they see and I'm thankful for that. How many say amen? Now they're not... That's, love doesn't condone sin. Love doesn't say it's okay to live any way you want to. But i tell you what love does. Love will cover a multitude of sin where nobody will ever know but the person and you and the Holy Spirit. True love covers. And in the time of covers, assists the Holy Ghost in helping us being healed and delivered from that bondage of that sin. Remember when the writer of Hebrews, I think it's Dr. Luke, said, you know, cast aside the weights the weights, the things that burden us, and the sin that easily besets us. It's going to take love. You won't feel like casting anything away if you don't really believe God loves you and me. We'll just lay in that mess because, quote, we deserve it. And the devil's a liar. So the pillar of love has many, many parts of its foundation, safety and security. There's support. People want and need to feel supported by those who care for them. How many say amen? And, and that's where I'm going to stop today. I'm going to, I'm going to have a little uh, four-minute uh, infomercial. Uh, the, the whole thing is this morning as we close up, is thank you guys, all of you, is that God has somebody, the next place you're going to land, he has a relationship there for you. Now, in some cases, it's pre, premeditated. Some cases... But the heart doctor that uh, became Papa's best friend that day, he didn't know him. But God had the right person at the right place. God has the right relationship. That's why we work on him. He has the right relationships we have now. Some will carry us all through life. Some, some people get on the bus. Some people get off. But I want to encourage you, as your relationship builds with the Lord Jesus Christ, trust the relationships he puts in your life. Trust the people that God puts in there that provide safety and security. Trust the people that bring support. Trust the people that bring a sense of belonging. And what we had this morning is just a testimony about how good it is to have the family of God work together. And Papa, because I've never been uh, super on time uh, in, in uh, my life here, um, but here, here's a card we started signing two weeks ago. So if anybody would like to sign the card today and give it to Papa and Walena, uh, how many's not signed the card? Raise your hand. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, uh, you're young and got good wheels on you. Would you take that back to people who raised their hands, honey? Take that back there, please. And sign that and give it to Papa before he leaves. And uh, uh, then next week we'll continue on. We've got some other people we're going to send cards to, uh, F.D. Craig Mile uh, Mr. Napier and different ones, but um, um, it's, it's all about relationships, guys. Support, pillars. When life turns upside down, if you don't have the relationship starting with the Lord Jesus Christ and then the people God puts in your life, it, it, we're not built to do life alone. That's why God looked at Adam and says, you know what, you're good looking, you got this whole thing going, you named all the animals, but something's missing. 
And without Walena, he, he is bullheaded. He would have took two aspirins, and we'd done had a memorial. And, and evidently, without Amy, Doug, we'd had a double memorial. But anyway, thank God for mercy. Amen. Thank God we're not finished. Thank God we got a long path ahead of us to establish his kingdom, plant life-giving churches empowered by the Holy Spirit in little places and towns like Carrollton in this region around the state of Kentucky. Thank God we have a purpose. Amen.